Every moment and every event of every man's life on earth plants something in his soul. For just as the wind carries thousands of winged seeds, so each moment brings with it germs of spiritual vitality that come to rest imperceptibly in the minds and wills of men. Most of these unnumbered seeds perish and are lost, because men are not prepared to receive them. For such seeds as these cannot spring up anywhere except in the good soil of freedom, spontaneity, and love. The soul of our being, the soil of our being, how do we nurture it? How do we prepare it to be both blessed and blessing? One way, as Thomas Merton teaches us, is contemplation. It, in short, is a mystical meditation in the Catholic tradition. It really seems to get its character throughout the Middle Ages. Hildegard of Bingen, who lived in the 12th century, reports that early in her life she began to have experiences of the living light of God itself. As she grew up, she began to have visions of the shades of the living light. These visions were ways the light expressed. She said, I am the fiery life of the essence of God. I am the flame above the beauty in the fields. I shine in the waters, I burn in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and with the airy wind I quicken all things, vitally by an unseen, all-sustaining life. That's another way to describe contemplation. It's how we connect with God. Or as Merton describes it, contemplation is when God discovers himself in us. What one of you can enter into himself and find the God who utters him? Finding God means much more than just abandoning all things that are not God and emptying oneself of images and desires. If you succeed in emptying your mind of every thought and every desire, you may indeed withdraw into the center of yourself and concentrate everything with you up on the imaginary point where your life springs out of God. Yet you will not really find God. No natural exercise can bring you into the vital contact with Him unless He utters Himself in you speaks his own name in the center of your soul, you will no more know him than a stone knows the ground upon which it rests in its inertia. Meister Eckert, another great Catholic mystic of the Middle Ages, put contemplation this way, God is bound to act, to pour himself into thee, as soon as he shall find thee ready. Where in most forms of meditation, we focus on something like our breath, in contemplation, we are emptying ourselves, We seek to get to a darkness, where the light of our own awareness goes dim. At first the dark of the unknown might scare us. We are in the midst of the darkness, at the heart of listening. The thinking mind seems to gasp for air. Images and to-do lists and what's-her-name start coming rapidly, and if you stay still you realize these gasps for air are the defense mechanisms that are keeping you from an even purer intelligence. Your mind isn't dying, it's truly coming to life. And then, according to most contemplatives, if you do it right, grace happens, spiritual nurturing happens, God happens. Direct experience of God? How about that? Contemplation is about experiencing God directly. Now this may sound crazy, but we might say it happens in subtler ways, when we forget ourselves in play, or in gardening, or even in a good book. Okay, we may not say, I feel God, but there is a greater layer of consciousness that seems to unfold us. There is something about being in the world, with a sense of being alone in the face of all that is, that when you are really present and available, invites a deeper level of livingness, and as Thomas Merton would put it, a greater way of being with God. 
The poet enters into himself in order to create, Merton says. The contemplative enters into God in order to be created. Thomas Merton was cool. He made mystical Catholicism cool again in the 50s and 60s. He was a monk who liked to live in the world as well. He spoke out against Vietnam. He dug Eastern philosophy, too, and wrote a book about Chuenza. He had a deep devotion to his faith, but also to his independence. I've always found him a chameleon, and that I think Merton always wrote for a specific audience. The devout, the not-so-devout, the general searcher, and so on. I love the idea that when you find an author you love, you should read everything they wrote. I haven't been able to do that with Merton. Not only from book to book, but sometimes from chapter to chapter. I don't know if I'm getting a pompous man trying to explain why his faith is best and how to do it right, or am I getting an egoless expressor of incredibly deep wisdom? When Merton is on, you not only get wisdom, but almost an experience of the depth of spirit he is talking about. He shares, In silence we face and admit the gap between the depths of our being which we consistently ignore and the surface which is untrue to our own reality. We recognize the need to be at home with ourselves in order that we may go out to meet others, not just with a mask of affability, but with real commitment and authentic love. If we are afraid of being alone, afraid of silence, it is perhaps because of our secret despair of inner reconciliation. If we have no hope of being at peace with ourselves in our own personal loneliness and silence, we will never be able to face ourselves at all. We will keep running and never stop. Or, when God reveals himself to us in contemplation, we must accept him as he comes to us, in his own obscurity, in his own silence, not interrupting him with arguments or words, conceptions or activities that belong to the level of our own tedious and labored existence. Contemplatives, including Merton, contemplatives, including Merton, often say that you can't teach contemplation. You can only hint at it. I will, however, try to point to a couple of pragmatic things to remember. One, you're not slowing down your mind, but moving to its higher functions. It's like rising up through the clouds of thought bubbles and into a clearer sky. Just keep rising up. Second, contemplation demands we be receptive. It's not a place for affirmations or invitations or manipulations. You must be vulnerable to God. Almost as if you are not sure if the Holy Presence is unconditional love or a terrible dragon prepared to eat you whole. Be vulnerable in this way. Lastly, keep going back. We often think if something doesn't work right, that it isn't working. That's not how contemplation works. If nothing happens, have faith that the pump is priming. That in your isolation you are indeed not as alone as you feel. Some final words on the topic of contemplation from Thomas Merton. Contemplation is the highest expression of man's intellectual and spiritual life. It is that life itself, fully awake, fully active, fully aware that it is alive. It is spiritual wonder. It is spontaneous awe at the sacredness of life, of being. It is gratitude for life, for awareness, and for being. It is a vivid realization of the face that life and being in us proceed from an invisible, transcendent, an infinitely abundant source.